Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Minshew goes out of the gun. Looks to pass. Looks left. In the pocket. Rolls out to his right side. Throws on the run. That's a catch in the plus territory. Down the near sideline go the Colts. Josh Downs inside the 30. And then scrambles down to the Raiders 20-yard line. Enormous play. It's a gain of 50 to Josh Downs. Shotgun snap to Minshew. Outside give to Taylor. Stretching it out. He's at the 5. And he walks in untouched. Jonathan Taylor punctuates the opening possession for the Colts on a five-yard touchdown run. Play action, Minshew, feeling pressure, taking a shot downfield for Alec Pierce. He's got it. Yards after the catch, the 10, angling right for the five, and he's at the pylon. Touchdown! A bomb from Gardner Minshew to Alec Pierce. Hey, great win, great win, right? We got the first thing done. We got the first thing done, and that's getting this win, right? did it together and it took all four quarters and it took every single body in this room right next week right it's on right so we got to have our best week our very best week of preparation that you've ever done in your life because like garner said last week this don't come around very often and it's here and we all got to be on our best never asked to be easy all we ask for is a chance what we gonna do with it, huh? Yeah, right. hey, three. One, two, three. Win. So how's this for a first week of January? Everything on the line for the Indianapolis Colts. And oh yeah, the Pacers now 3-1 and one against the Milwaukee Bucks. A welcome in. It is a Tuesday here on The Fan. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy. No KB today. James Boyd from The Athletics sitting in. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. Good God, whatever Bowen's doing with 15 kids in Florida, we send a prayer <laughs> up to Kevin Bowen. Uh, but the Colts are winners. JB, thanks for joining Joining us this morning, you a morning person? We never done radio together, have we? Look, I am a whatever you need me to be person. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Mark, hope you had a good weekend as well. Oh yeah, uh, putting that together. Today is the the saddest day though for everybody. Like you now, you're like back to work. Like Christmas is over, Thanksgiving's over, New Year's is over. All the personal time off days roll back and everything. <laughs> you gotta start. You gotta start uh, all over on this January. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us here on the wake up call. Listen. Uh, Uh, Listen, I know I was wrong about this Colts team, and we sit here today. We're going to have today. We're going to have Wednesday. We're going to have Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday during the day where you're going to have that pit in your stomach. Are you not that nervousness? Are the Colts going to the playoffs? And we will find out Saturday night right here on the Fan. James, uh, an unbelievable season. And you know what's interesting? We'll get into a bunch of things. We'll talk, actually, Jonathan Alexander. Xander is going to join us. We'll talk with him coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, he writes for the Houston Chronicles. We get ready for this Texans matchup that's going to mean everything. Win and you're in for the Colts. Rick Carlisle fresh off uh, four straight victories. Fresh off a beatdown last night in Milwaukee. My man TJ McConnell doing work. Halliburton doing work. We'll dive into that. Carlisle set to join us. Pacers head coach at 8 o'clock. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, every other day, Every other game, James, we've walked in here and we've broken down the game, right? Whether it be Anthony Richardson or it be Gardner Minshew, and there have been injuries and there have been good and there has been bad. But today we sit here and it's an odd day because 
I don't think we break down the Raiders game too much. I mean, we'll, we will a little bit. There were uh, obviously some good things that happened. There were some frustrating things that happened in that <laughs> game. But you walk away with a win, and it is rare that it sets up this. That it sets up if you win on Saturday against the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud, and who, by the way, have had also, much like you, an unbelievable season uh, for what we thought they would be you win and you're in you lose and you're going home and it's that clear cut and it's that simple and I feel like the next now less than a week is going to be one long pregame as we get Colts fans ready (laughs) for Saturday night how you doing man I'm doing good I'm excited about it obviously because I think when it comes to sports this is what you want this is what you live for. Even as a reporter, I love do or die moments. I was thinking to myself, I haven't covered a playoff game at Lucas Oil Stadium since I was a high school reporter and I was covering the state championship. So sure. To be on this stage and to capture this moment, I'm excited for it. And I think as the players talking to them, they were ready to move on as well. I don't know if they really recapped too much about the Raiders. You look at what you did right and what you did wrong, but a lot of them were just looking at how can we use this to catapult us further into the postseason. So not a lot of celebrating as you would expect. You know, just right after the game, there was some, but a lot of guys were just retooling and refocusing for the biggest game of their season, and in some cases, the biggest game of their lives. Yeah, especially when you talk about a team that's young uh, and everything else. But listen, we can talk about the game uh, with the Raiders. I was out there. I know you were out there. Yep. Oh, of course, you were out there as well in the locker room and everything else. Uh, just, you know, Antonio Pierce, I thought, coach scared in that game. We talked about that before we came on the air, and the Colts did not. And you know what's funny? There was a graphic that went around. There was a graphic that went around. And listen, Antonio Pierce... Uh, I think is what was a fantastic player in the in the NFL. I think he's got a chance to get the job. But everyone has seen it. There's there's a graphic that ever since Antonio Pierce, you know, they they're first in the league in points allowed, and they were first in the league in defensive touchdowns, and they had you know they had all what 24 sacks, and they had all these different things, and they had takeaways, and they had they had back to back games where they had a pick six and everything that they did, and none of that came to fruition on Sunday uh, in Lucas Oil. Not a second of it. Now, you know who I watch the game next to? You'll never know this. I bet fans don't even know this happened. You ready for this? I am ready for this. Mark, you'll love this. I watch the game next to James White. The oh. former New England Patriot who was in the who is it's so random. It, it is. Who is it? He was calling it for Sports USA National gotcha. Radio. Okay. And you know who he was in an elevator with? You'll love this. He was in an elevator going, you know, down to the field and everything else before the game. He knows a bunch of people on all these teams. He was in an elevator with Matt Ryan. Oh my gosh. George, if you remember 28 to 3, James scored the game-winning touchdown that did not give Matt Ryan in the Atlanta Falcons. That well, look, if, if I'm Matt Ryan, I ever see him, we got a box on yeah. site. James was like, Every I don't time. I don't think I don't think he knew who I was. I was like, well, you better. Uh you're one reason he's you know he's not wearing that big ring, but uh it we is, have Matt Ryan. It is it is rare, rare, rare that you get this. And that is you get a week to focus. I mean, this is essentially a playoff game. It For is. The Colts. They sit here. It's a playoff game. I thought Shane Steichen, after the game, summed up kind of what I'm talking about and what you're talking about, how about having to move on. Yeah, not, no zero, zero time to enjoy this one. Is that normal for you or is this week different because of what's the state? It's pretty normal. I mean, I might enjoy it for an hour or so, but that's about it. And that's Shane Steichen after the game. You move on. The Texans won on Sunday. They won big. C.J. Stroud didn't have to do too much. And now we lock in for today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday morning. You sit here. You're going to be on edge at work. Will the Colts make the playoffs? That's where we are. Yeah, I'm thinking about where would they go if they do win. And just the challenge of it because this is going to be the first starting quarterback that they face in a month. So although C.J. Stroud is a rookie, I know Zaire Franklin was really high on him after the game, talking about how talented he is, doesn't play like a first-year player, and all those factors that will obviously sway or swing this game. And so um, I even think back to you know earlier this season where neither team I thought was going to be very good at all, and obviously the Colts looked so much different. And even for this game, JT's playing. He wasn't playing the first time. Oh, sure. Why Anthony Richardson he played, played, you know, what, uh, what, a quarter and a half or so? Exactly. Yeah. Same with Juju Brents. He wasn't out there. So a lot of these factors that you look at now, you're like, okay, this guy might make a play. 
who wasn't even out there the first time. And I think the key, like it always is with Gardner Minshew back there, is just take care of the football. Because when he took care, takes care of the football, they don't turn it over, they usually have a chance to win the game. And so um, in the times that they haven't won, it's because they get a little sloppy. So I'm excited to be out there at Lucas Oil Stadium. Again, my first time being in this environment for like a playoff setting. And it's prime time, too. So I don't mind losing any sleep that night. I'll be up until 3 or 4 a.m., but I'm ready for it. <laughs> Mark, were we right on this or were we wrong on this off the air? I feel I feel like on the air we were like, this is never going to be a Saturday game. Didn't we do that last yeah. week? How it wasn't going to be a Saturday game and then it got picked to be a Saturday game? Listen, I love it. I'll go a step further. This, the game that we are going to be covering this week, to me... Uh, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. Coming up at 7.30, I want to dive into other scenarios. Listen, there's a lot going on in the NFL. Things that could happen, where the Colts could go if they were to win, those sorts of things. Um, but this, to me, if I... Listen, tell me if I'm wrong. This is the crown jewel of the weekend, is this game. Because it is a win and you get in. And I think the one on top of that would be Bill's Dolphins. Because if the Bills win, and that's going to be your Sunday night game, so that's going to be literally the last game of the final weekend of the NFL. But the Dolphins have already clinched. They're already in the playoffs, James. So, and listen, and they're not playing well. I'm not acting like they're playing some good football. We can dive into a bigger look around the NFL as we go today. We will as we go this week. Uh, but the Bills... They've obviously been a story, and the Bills can win the AFC East. But what we have down the road here at Lucas Oil, to me, is the crown jewel of the weekend. I mean, you have two teams. You win, and you're in. Everything else uh, is about seeding. There's some back end of the NFC stuff. Sorry, Mark. James, you know this, right? Mark, sorry about your Packers. Uh, not my Packers. Now your Packers, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's not good. How are the Packers going to make the playoffs potentially? That's an entirely different story. I thought they were left for dead uh, a while ago, but uh, it is rare in sports that you get a win and you're in, and it makes us move off the Raider game pretty damn quick. That's how I feel about it, and that's why we're going to talk to Jonathan uh, Alexander. I-, I have just been at every step. I was wrong on this game. I thought... The defensive line for the Raiders would get to Minshew. I thought there would be a turnover somewhere. I did not think we'd be looking at Jonathan Taylor. And listen, you talk about the game on Sunday against Houston. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had his best output of the year. What? At least since, what, week eight against the Saints? I mean, this is a guy that, you know, and Taylor has had injuries. He's a guy that's had some games where the Colts just haven't been able to run the football. I mean, not only that... Look what the Colts did in the secondary on Sunday. How does that carry over from Houston? I mean, Ronnie Harrison Jr. back to back to playing defensive back. Uh, this is a guy that was filling in for Shaq Leonard three weeks ago when Shaq Leonard was gone. So uh, I know I was wrong about this team. I think everyone was wrong about this team. And what makes this an odd week is I want to sit here and I want to praise the Colts. But it feels like so much of that is going to be predicated on what happens on Saturday. Does it not? I mean, it feels like people here, and I even ran into this last, I even ran into this during the game, after the game, James, where people are still, well, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a rebuild with year seven with Chris Ballard. That's what I always get hit with. And while there are tentacles of that that are absolutely true, you have to enjoy a team that has went from, quite frankly, the bottom of the NFL to where they entered this season to being a team that is 60 minutes away from you leaving Lucas Oil, a playoff team, you feeling good about, well, you feel good about the defensive line, don't you? You may feel good about Jonathan Taylor. You're going to feel good about Shane Steichen. All of these things are happening all at once. Uh, And Saturday is going to mean so much, man. It's going to mean so much. It's going to come down to if they make the playoffs, it's going to come down to whether you're happy with Chris Ballard or not. It's going to come down to uh, if everything that has systematically happened the entire offseason to get to this point, what's going to matter? It's all going to matter on Saturday. Yeah, JT put it pretty simply in the locker room after the game. Jonathan Taylor, he was like, winning solves all your problems. That's all they got to do this week. <laughs> That's all they got to do. It's do or die, and they're trying to stay alive. And Stroud, Stroud was 
pretty he had to be pretty pedestrian. I didn't get to see too much of that game. I went back and watched some red zone because uh yes, I taped the red zone and I watched some of the red zone because I'm a sick and twisted <laughs> individual, but uh, he didn't he didn't ha- he didn't have to do too much uh back from back from his two games. So, uh the Titans, woof, woof. If you're relying on the Tennessee Titans for anything at the end of the year. And again, you could still win the AFC South if Jacksonville, who by the way won with CJ Beathard, uh if Jacksonville were to lose to Tennessee, I don't know if you, you throw in Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if that makes you feel like maybe the KG vet has one more game in him uh <laughs> given that Levis got injured. I I certainly don't feel that way. The Texans were winners 26 to 3. Uh kind of a sleepy game there. Before we take our first break, we should mention as well. Rick Carlisle going to join us at 8 o'clock. I, I I love last night's game with the Pacers. And I'll tell you why, James. Because Giannis threw that fit about the damn game ball last time they played. You remember. You remember that, Mark. Oh. I know you remember. We did three How days. Can I forget? We did three days of radio <laughs> on it, okay? And, and he was not happy about that game ball. And so what was last night supposed to be? Last night was supposed to be... Uh, uh, get back! We're 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 gonna we're gonna beat you down, you little Indiana Pacers. We're gonna take care of you, Pacers. And the Pacers get down. What was that? I think around fifteen in the first quarter, and they can't make a three, which is not good when you're predicated on what James making, making three threes, pointers. Yeah. Okay, so when you're predicated <laughs> on making threes, and then you don't make threes, it looked like oh boy, Giannis and company, Chris Middleton, Dame Lillard, Dame time that they're gonna get theirs right. They're going to get their pay back tonight uh, and, you know, whatever. And then the Pacers chip away and then the Pacers take the lead in the fourth quarter and then the Pacers extend the lead in the fourth quarter and then Matherin D's up on Middleton and Dame doesn't have the game and everything else. How they even called one of those 10 second counts on a free throw on Giannis, which I haven't seen, you know, in, in how long? And it takes like 13 seconds every time he shoots a free throw and the Pacers go on the road and they're now 3-1 and one, and I didn't think they were going to win in that game. I certainly did not think they were going to win that game when they're down 10, 12, 14, 15 points uh, in the first quarter, but they come back, and now this is four games in a row. Now, they're going to have to do something with the lineup with Nemhar being injured. Again, this will be four straight games. They go and make a change with the starting lineup. They're a 500 basketball team, James. They win four straight, and, 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 and three of those on the road, by the way, uh, and so the Pacers they got to go and interested in what Rick Carlisle will say. Uh, four straight games with that lineup. Uh, what will they do now? An update on Andrew Nemhard. We'll get to that. And then I'm interested as well with Carlisle. Just how does Halliburton play the minutes he does and doesn't turn the ball over? Uh, to me, that's the freak show thing. He was one rebound away from a triple-double last night, scoring, getting into the lane. Uh, the Bucks could not stop him and the Pacers winners last night. So uh, we have a lot to get to today. It's going to be a week of fun football around here. Colts and Texans, it means everything. Saturday night, you'll hear it on the fan. Uh, Pacer winner, Pacers winners as well. We do have a college football playoff is set. Michael Penix Jr. last night, balling out. I think we all went to sleep before that game ended, did we not? Let's just be honest. Should we be honest? Mark, you went to bed, didn't you? It was halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to bed. It's almost 1130. <laughs> I think we all passed out in the third quarter. It's when we all went to yeah, sleep on I, that game. I skipped out maybe about three minutes to go or something yeah. like that. See, we all we all gave in. Harbaugh and company get a win over uh, Nick Saban, which was just funny because when Alabama went up 7-0, every SEC honk on my on my, on my <laughs> timeline was, Harbaugh's going to get it now. He ain't, They ain't never seen anything like Alabama and then they go on and they win the game. So the college football playoff is set as well. Purdue in action tonight in college basketball. So tons of things to talk about, and we'll do it. Hanging out with you, he's James Boyd. I'm Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. We got you until 10 o'clock right here on The Wake Up Call. It's the fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour. Thanks for hanging out with us in the drivehuber.com studios. KB and Andy, Mark Dighton hanging out. James Boyd from The Athletic. Uh, and I like The Athletic zip-up, by the way. I like I know. that. Look, no ironing. Just put it on and get out the door. <laughs> <laughs> get the Nike sweatpants on and you're good to go. That's what we go. do every morning around here. I got to get more fan gear. I have like one thing from the fan. I have like an old shirt. I, come on, I've been here since August. Give me a sweatshirt, guys. Someone hook me, <laughs> someone hook me up. But uh, James Boyd, uh, nice enough to wake up with us here. Obviously talking a lot about Colts when and you're in on Saturday night against the Houston Texans. We talk some Pacers as well. We keep that conversation going. Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Pacers, nice enough to join us here Tuesday in the 8 o'clock hour. Coach, good morning. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Uh, so I guess you and James have a relationship, so I found out. He covered you for a year, so uh, so this should be fun. Kevin Bowen is in Florida right now, Coach, uh, with about 10 kids running around, so I don't know if that's a vacation uh, or not. So hopefully your new year went well, and boy, it did last night. 122-113 winners in Milwaukee. I know you didn't want to talk about it. 3-1 and one against uh, the Bucks this season, but if you can, just talk about the win, uh, the bench. I mean, you guys didn't shoot well, but boy, the bench came to play in a, in a fantastic win, and you guys have had success this season against this Milwaukee team. You saw it last night. Now four straight for your Pacers group. First of all, James, you're safe for sore eyes, bro. I mean, it's been too long. It has you, been. You, you, you bailed on us. I mean, <laughs> it hurt a lot of feelings around here. You know, I, 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 we're all in. All of us are all in on the Colts and everything, but uh, oh man. You know, it felt like it felt like we were the one. We were the ones that kind of you know got got you into the fold, and you just you just took off on us like so fast. <laughs> What's funny is we had a conversation. Me and Rick did, and he's like, "Hey, what do you want for your career?" And I was telling him my goals and things like that. And then you know, nine months later, I'm moving on to the Colts. He's like, "Hey, I didn't say move on that fast, you know, whatever." <laughs> so um, the good thing is, Rick, you know, with the season, how NBA and NFL set up. Might be seeing you pretty soon here after the uh, playoffs end, so just don't count me out just yet. All right. Well, we'll hold you to that. But uh, yeah, back to Andy's question. The the game last night was uh, it was such a frustrating game at at in, in so in at, in so many junctures. Uh, you know, we we didn't start well. We got down fifteen points pretty early, um, and then uh, you know the, the bench came in and and really. Um, brought us back to life. You know, McConnell had a great night. Uh, Matherin was was brilliant. Uh, you know, Toppin has played some of his best basketball since uh, since moving to a to a bench role. Isaiah Jackson was was great. You know, and so um, you know, and Buddy Buddy didn't have a great shooting night, but he was doing a lot of good things on the court. So you know, we we're just trying to hang in and. Um, Got it to some you know reasonable number at, at, at halftime, and then <laughs> then we come out in third, and then the whole thing kind of started again, and we we got down fifteen again, and and uh, instead of calling timeout, I just you know decided to, to let it go. It just seemed like you know maybe just let these guys keep playing, we can we can crawl back in this thing, and. Uh, you know, that, once again, got it down to, I think we ended up winning the third quarter by one point or two points or something like that. And then, uh, you know, in the, in the fourth, we got hot, uh, found a way. Neither team shot well. Um, you know, it, it was just it was a very unusual game. But, but, but one of those games that, you know, you're just really proud of your group that uh, – through it all, they just they just kept competing and kept executing, and, and eventually, you know, got the ball in the basket and got some stops. 
I want to ask you about the bench and about the lineup change. We, you know, we spoke last week, and at that point, you alluded to, "Hey, there's going to be some changes," and there were. I, I want to get to those here in just a second. But do you think you could have shot 14 percent from three earlier in the season and and won a game? And if so, I mean, that has to say something about not only your bench but also your defense. I would imagine as well. Well, you know the answer to that question. I mean. The answer is hell no. There's no way. And, you know, we just, we've just decided to reset things. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. We needed to be more physical. We needed to be bigger and we needed to, you know, we need to work on it more. And so it's been, uh, it's been a priority. Um, You know, a team like, a team like Milwaukee is a nightmare trying to figure out how to guard those guys because, um, you know, Lillard and Giannis are, are two of the best players of this generation. And uh, Middleton is, is extremely underrated. And, you know, he's just a walking bucket, you know. So um, those three guys, you just got your hands absolutely full. But, uh, you know, we found a way to do it. Um, I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, but now, now we're going to see him again tomorrow. And, and uh you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be another tough one. Rick, what has it been like to see the maturation of Tyrese Halliburton, especially in fourth quarters where he's picking his spots and sometimes and oftentimes calling his own number, which is when I at least when I covered the team and he first got here, it went so much against his nature, but now it seems like he embraces that so much more. Well, he's 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 learned that um with his job on this team you know, he it, it, it's he's got to strike the right balance. He he can score the ball, and he's really worked on a couple of things over the last couple summers. You know, he works with Drew Hanlon in the summer, who's one of the best trainers out there. Um, Drew works with you know works with Joel Embiid. He works with Jason Tatum. He works with uh, Bradley Beal, and with only two or three other guys. He only works with like six or eight guys at the most. And so uh, they they worked a lot on him being able to put pressure on the rim with drives um, and increased range and, 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 and figuring out and working on footwork to create space for the shot. So, you know, the passing is something that was always natural to him, but uh, developing, you know, that uh, – the killer instinct with with scoring when needed has been has been very important to us, and so um, you know you've seen great examples this past week. You know the the twenty and twenty three or the twenty one and twenty two games. You know he's doing both at a, at a crescendo level, and we we absolutely need all of it. So um, you're right; it, it does go against probably what his his basic nature as a player is. But, um, you know, great young players that are developing and maturing. Uh, the game does slow down. You're seeing it with Matherin right now. He's, you know, he's, he's seeing the game in a, in a whole different way, you know, in, in, in recent games. And, uh, um, and it's, uh, it's been great to see Tyrese do what he's doing. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Yeah, we talked so much last week, Coach. You know, he had the 20 assists with no turnovers, did Halliburton. That's the first time since 2016 in Chris Paul. And he's also just the third player in NBA history with 20 points and 20 assists in back-to-back games. The other two, John Stockton and Magic Johnson. Uh, So the last week plus, and no doubt this season, has been great for Halliburton. I'm going to ask this, and I know this sounds stupid. How... I mean, you're coaching this guy. How does he play the minutes he plays and make the plays that he makes without turning the ball over? I, it just to me, his lack of turnovers is the stat that is astonishing and has been astonishing the last couple of weeks. How does he do that? How do you guys teach that? And how much of a skill is that that he has? It seems God given at this point for him. Well, some of it certainly is, um, but you know, going into the game last night. One of one of the areas that we said was absolutely essential was to value the ball um, and and avoid uh, live ball turnover because that turns Giannis loose in transition. It, it gives him the launching pad, and 
we we know what that's looked like in the previous three games. And so uh, Tyrese has the ball a lot. Um, you know, McConnell is is another guy that that does a good job with ball security, ball efficiency. And so those two guys, um, you know, were great last night. And, and in the fourth quarter, you know, it, it hasn't happened a lot where uh, TJ and, uh, and Ty are, are the two guys that finished the game. But last night we just, you know, we just had to find a group that could get something going. And, and in the fourth quarter, you know, um, TJ's out there, Ty's out there, Matherin's out there, uh, you know, it, it turned out that uh, Toppin was out there, and, and I think Miles finished. But um, and Isaiah Jackson's another guy that, that really stepped up huge last night. So, yeah, the, the the keeping turnovers down thing is is a major thing, and it's it's also a sign of you know wisdom beyond years. You know, for a young player to be that cognizant of the importance of taking care of it is uh, is really a big deal. Rick, when you look at what T.J. McConnell has been able to do throughout his career, especially last night, what does that do for a team when you know this guy is going to give you everything, like he did, even in some of the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, like, for example, drawing the foul uh, on Chris Middleton there on that loose ball? (laughs) Yeah, that was like an unbelievable play. I mean, you know, Tyrese had the ball, and he was a – he he was trapped, and so he he made a a little bit of a desperation pass, trying to get it out of the trap. Matherin made an unbelievable save, and left-handed flung it across the court, and then McConnell came out of nowhere and got one hand on it, and then saved it to I think Tyrese, and then and we we weren't sure whether or not you know that that was going to stand as a foul or whether. Um, it was going to end up being uh, our ball out of bounds because we did secure it, even if the uh, the challenge was successful. But it turned out, I, I you know, I, I obviously saw the the game last night coming home on the plane, and and there was contact, and it was an absolutely enormous play in the game. And just think about it in crunch time, you know, we ended up um, running action to get McConnell downhill uh, to be our primary scorer during crunch time. And so there were a lot of things that you would have maybe scratched your head if somebody would have told you that this is how the game was going to go. But, you know, resourceful teams got to find ways to win. Um, you know, great players like Halliburton, you know, are, are, are a big part of that. And resourceful players like, like McConnell are, uh, you know, unreplaceable. Yeah, and T.J. McConnell, you know, he might go a few games, Coach, you know this, without playing, and then will come in last night, play 22 minutes, and play such a, a, a big piece of the win. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Andrew Nemhard, any update can you give us on his injury? Um, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing. It was uh, it was something that happened. His, his back tightened up. It was um, more in the upper back part, part of the um, part of the spine, which generally means that you know, short term, those those kinds of things are quick to turn, are, are hard to turn around short term. But uh, long term, you know, they they don't tend to stay around too long. At least that's what the trainer show told me last night. I'm, I'm uncertain about what his status is going to be, but um, Bruce Brown is getting is getting closer to being back. So. You know, if Drew's out, then 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 maybe it'll be a case where where Brown is ready to go, or or we'll see. I mean, you know, we gotta just take a deep breath after after last night and see what's what, and see who we have available for tomorrow. I'm I'm expecting our crowd to be great again uh, tomorrow night. You know, with a divisional opponent and, and superstars coming in, um, and we're just going to have to find a way to to compete at a level that's that's worthy for their support. You know, that's what I told the guys last night. I mean, you, you know, runs like this that we're on since Christmas are, are not easy to get on um, in the NBA. And, and you know, human nature um, is, is always going to be a challenge, you know, when you have a big win on the road. But, you know, somehow we're going we're gonna to have to find a way to, to get the wheels keep the wheels on the wagon and, and be ready to compete 
you know, at a, at a similar level tomorrow night. Yeah, one of the reasons I ask is, you know, the last four games, we spoke last Tuesday and we knew there were going to be changes to the lineup, whether that be the, you know, the starting lineup or the lineup as a whole, who you bring in reserves, minutes uh, allocated around the roster. And so the last four games, coach, I mean, you guys are 4-0, you made the lineup changes, and then Nemhard gets injured. So uh, obviously we'll see what happens tomorrow night, but the new starting lineup and even a guy you mentioned like Obi Toppin, who's been playing some very good basketball for you the last week or so coming off the bench, changing things up four games ago. What did that do for this team? How have you seen it work itself out in the last week or so? Yeah, it's just, it was was just, it wasn't so much who was starting. um, Because, you know, the guys that, the guys that had been in there had, had done so many great things, you know, and, and, you know, healed has, you know, been, been historic with his shooting since being here. Um, he went back into the lineup of the game in Atlanta, which I watched again last night as we get pre- prepared to play them in three or four days, whenever it is. Um, and he was absolutely, you know, amazing in that game. And the reason when probably one of the main reasons we won that game. So it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, who was starting. We needed to be bigger. We needed to be more physical. And we, and we needed to um, be clear, you know, as a staff that the defense was going to be a priority. And so much of our problems leading up to that point had been the excessive fouling, the difficulty rebounding, Etc. And and we just we just simply had not had the time to work on it, and we gained such an identity as a as a as a team that could score. Um, you know, the ability to go up and down and free flow and and do all that stuff offensively, you know, flies in the face of a possession mentality defensively. So, you know, to be great in the NBA. You've got to do both. And year in, year out, I think I may have said this to you guys, Andy, you know, when, when, when Kevin was in one of the weeks. But the hardest thing to do is to have a flow mentality offensively and be able to immediately flip a switch and become a possession team defensively. And the teams that are the top teams in both are, are championship contending teams. So, um, you know, we were 30th in defense for most of the first part of the year. Um I know that we're not 30th right now. I, 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 you know, with the way stats are now, you have the ability to track it over over a stretch of games. So I know that, you know, I was told last night after the game, the last seven games since we had that one live practice after the Clipper game, you know, we're like 13th in defense. And so that's, you know, that's improvement. It's progress but it's something that we have to stay on top of. You know, we, we took a step back in the New York game. I, mm-hmm. I was, I was not happy after that game. Um, I talked to the team about it a little bit that, you know, we, we let go of the rope a little bit. We had a, we had an unbelievable shot making game in that, in that game, but we got into the, you know, kind of the brother-in-law trading shots thing again. And it's just, it's a dangerous pattern it's a dangerous syndrome to get into and so um we did better last night defensively um but you know defense is something that that um you know you you've got to stay on it it's it's uh when you when you when you get into a um a groove with it where where it matters and you know you're you're doing the little things um it, it's got to continue to be a featured part of of what you're about which leads me to my next question. I was going to ask you who got the game ball last night, but that might be too <laughs> on the nose. But, Rick, you had a quote the other day that said, uh, even dating a pretty girl gets boring after a while. She can't guard anybody. So It's a quote of the year. Co- Coach, this is being talked about a lot online the last few days. Do you have any idea on Twitter what's being said of this quote? They're loving it. No, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not on Twitter and – uh, I, I have heard about it a little bit. Um, my daughter, Abby is, you know, she caught wind of it and she, <laughs> sure. she caught, yeah. So she got, a, she said to Donna, she told her about it, my wife. 
And uh, I just want to be clear, my my wife can guard somebody. I was going to say, I was going to ask, like, (laughs) is she help side? Is she locked down? Like, you know, what kind of advice could you give us, you know, here in the dating pool? Who should we look for (laughs) She's got to be defender? She's got to be able to guard the one through four. You got to be able to switch on everything, James. (laughs) James, this will be one of our uh, offline conversations. (laughs) All right. All right. Appreciate that. But I I got you there. Coach, uh, well, congratulations. The last few weeks, um, you guys were 500, four in a row a lot of good feelings last night obviously was uh, was a fantastic game and now it's Milwaukee again tomorrow night in Gamebridge you can hear it right here on the fan uh, thank you so much for these conversations each Tuesday coach safe travels we'll catch up next week thank you all right cheer. life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Take care, guys. All right, we're going to get to our goats of the week, and I apologize uh, to James Boyd, who's in with us for Kevin Bowen and Mark D- and Mark Dykton. Maybe you guys have this as your lowercase goat. We'll get to it here in a second. But what I think was the funniest story that we have not gotten to this entire weekend. Okay, I, I see James thinking he's got the- he's got his thinking cap on. David Tepper of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's video of him throwing a. I mean, they look like like a bourbon and ginger, did it not? Maybe an old fashioned. Him throwing a a alcoholic beverage on a Jaguars fan as the Panthers were absolutely beat down over the weekend. Andy, I don't understand. First of all, that is something that the league might actually step in and fine him for. Not that the money will matter, but he absolutely should be fine. this is my point, Andy. You are a billionaire. (laughs) There is nothing a fan could say to me to ever make you feel that upset. I wouldn't care if my team lost every single game for the rest of history. I'd be like, you know what? When I wake up tomorrow, I'm rich and you're not. Like... The Jags, the, the Jags fan look like so. For people that don't know, there's you know obviously he's in the the, yeah. the owner's box, and right below are our fans. Yes. Everyone knows yes. the setup at, at these stadiums, and some stadiums, you know, like Lucas Oil is is raised enough yeah. to where you don't have fans that are right, right there right. sitting next to you or Stephen Holder right. or Mike Chapel or whatever it may be. But in some stadiums they do. In some stadiums there are seats, and you could be five feet away, right? You could be five feet away, ten feet away from fans and so I don't know if somebody was giving him the business or not uh, but he went and he threw he threw from from kind of a long ways away to be quite honest he threw liquid on a fan and then he kind of like tossed the cup and then he disappeared and the Jackson I mean he's lucky those dudes in Jacksonville didn't just climb in no 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 no. so this is where I'll actually go the reverse they're lucky that they didn't climb in there because he still is a billionaire that's what I'm saying and he has people that I'm sure he pays very well to make sure that he just never gets touched but, agree but, the, um, but those are Florida days. men you know how every crime starts with Florida Florida man does something <laughs> and true. it is in Jacksonville so he'll get fined or whatever yeah, and he is look. but if, you, if you're a Panther fan you wake up you're like we have the we have the dope owner we have the owner that's the dope now yep we didn't used to have that well we did in jerry richardson uh but now we now we got a new owner and he's the dope as well yeah, they got david rid of dan tepper. snyder and david tepper literally said hold my beer yeah it's exactly terrible. what happened. i mean they've been they've they've lost a lot they don't have number one pick their number one pick this year looks bad like well they gave up all the picks for bryce young yeah it's it's all bad yeah no it really is and that 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 to me was the funniest that was come on you gotta have some humor and what's the the movie friday my neck my back my neck in my back people, <laughs> easy don't finish people, those lyrics well, no people people were saying hey <laughs> people were saying hey that's 
<laughs> People are saying that's uh, dude. When's the last time Mark Dighton seen the movie Friday? Oh, Friday's uh, great. The reason that's what people are saying. That's what they would be saying if they got hit with the oh. liquid from Tepper. I'm gonna have a neck brace on the next day. Mark, you ever want to see me win an Oscar? Have a billionaire do anything to me? And you know, I'm not waking up Gil no show. Oh, I'm waking up man. on a beach somewhere mm-hmm. because I have a lawsuit that I've just filed. David that ice Tepper. cube hurt my ear. What a what yeah. a what a bonehead. Down twenty six nothing. CJ Beathard winning the game and you're throwing drinks on fans uh, only in Florida. All right, let's get to our Goats of the Week. Hit the open, Mark. Who is the Goat? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's here, baby! That's why he's the Goat! The Goat! Or Goat. This guy sucks. Of the week. It's always so easy to come up with our small goat, our negative goat of the week. I'll start, though, on the positive side. And this is back-to-back weeks. I think I'm doing this so fans can get angry, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Even Todd Monken, their new offensive coordinator. I mean, in back-to-back weeks, they have beat down the 49ers, and they humiliated the Miami Dolphins. What was that, 56-19? I mean, they just beat them down. Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns. He's going to win the MVP. That'll be his second most valuable player in the NFL. So for me, fellas, uh, it's it's the Ravens. We are waiting for someone, for a group of teams to separate themselves. It hasn't quite happened yet, but it did with Baltimore as they have separated themselves uh, that people now expect Lamar Jackson and company to be in the Super Bowl. James, who do you have? I think my go to the week will probably be Tyrese Halliburton after last night's game, specifically because as he dribbled the ball out, you could tell he wanted to keep it and then he demonstratively took the ball and gave it to the ref to make sure they knew <laughs> this is the game ball after having a near triple double. You know, you know what also he did over the weekend? He stared down Wally Zerbiak. I know. Twice. I know, exactly. So Twice. for those two instances, yeah, that's a good one. I enjoy when Tyrese, who is a great human being, one of the nicest guys, but flips that switch and goes into like kill mode, and I don't like any of you. Plus, I love so, his I love his dad. Yeah. I love that. Great. I, I love I love Halliburton's dad. His dad's great. Mom's great. living the life, man. Yep. Good for them. What do you have, uh, My good goat, the Buffalo Bills finally playing like the team we thought they would be the last few seasons. Four straight wins, five of the last six. Squarely in the playoff hunt, a huge showdown with the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, just like the Bills season. It wouldn't be, you know, the Bills season without something crazy. <laughs> a wild scenario for them in on Sunday night's game. They could either win the AFC East, yep. or if they lose, they could possibly miss the playoffs entirely, yep. which is just wild. They need the Jaguars and the Steelers to lose. So that's pretty crazy, but I like the way the Buffalo Bills are playing. They're probably the scariest team heading into the playoffs. The Bills right now, the early line, and I'm even surprised, but I'm surprised by this line. The Bills are favored in Miami by three. If you would have told me five, six weeks ago that they would be on this winning yeah. streak and they would be favored by a score, I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting if some money comes in, uh, you know, on Miami being an underdog uh, at home. I'll go first. I, the NFL officials. Oh, that was my. I, I listen. Okay, <laughs> well, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. I am not a guy who whines and cries about officiating. That's. I mean, listen. There are times like I thought in the Cleveland game. I thought the Colts got hosed in the Cleveland game. I didn't mind saying it. We said it on that Monday, and that's a win, by the way, that would be huge to have right now Was is that win over Cleveland. Hell, you'd be in the playoffs right now if we were talking about a win. So did the Colts get hosed in that game? Yes. Did we talk about it? Yes. But what happened with the Cowboys and Lions uh, on the ref just not getting it right, who checked in as an uh, as an eligible wide receiver, the offensive lineman there, and then the NFL and their arrogance. And I understand it; they can do whatever the hell they want. I get it. The NFL's arrogance that it's like we're not even asking you; we're asking you to acknowledge it. I'm not asking you to change the game's outcome. I'm not saying you're going to come out and say, well, the Lions won the game. We're actually going to go back retroactively and give Detroit the 21-20 win over Dallas. No one's asking the NFL to do that. What we are asking is that the NFL acknowledge, at least, that you got a call wrong, that you blew the call, and it's huge. It's huge for seeding, and it's massive. It's massive in the NFC East uh, and for seeding there in the NFC playoffs, and for them 
to just totally, uh, just totally miss that and to be wrong and have us all know that they're wrong and to not say anything is just an is just the arrogance of the NFL. And then the, the I heard JMV talk about this on Sunday morning. And then the the thing that's worth nothing in sports media. <laughs> JB, you ready for the the thing that's worth nothing in sports media is when they go to the when when the TV goes to the ref, the the former official who has never said a bad thing about another fellow official uh, in their lives, and it's just the biggest waste of thirty seconds of our time uh, when they do that. But uh, that was a debacle. I don't mind saying it. That was a debacle on Saturday night. The Lions got absolutely hosed, and that's a huge game in the NFC. Absolutely. I thought that that was some terrible officiating. And honestly, I had never read so much about, you know, ineligible and eligible players and how to report and all those things. And I did over the weekend. And the fact that I even had to do that was a travesty. Um, but I would even say, you know, just to pivot away from that, my new, you know, goat will be Florida State. There was a lot of chatter. Oh, they, they did all that talk and yes. then they lost by and I, 60. And, and I get it. Like, you didn't have a lot of your guys. You know, a lot of these guys opted out. And obviously, your, your top quarterbacks hurt. But to lose 63-2-3, just, it, it, re, it reinforces why they didn't even consider you getting in, really, to the college football playoff. Because I'm so glad we avoided that possibly happening in a game where it could decide who goes to the national championship. Well, I tell you, I tell you what it did, and we got to take a break. And Mark, I want to get to yours. What it did is both of those teams in Florida State and Georgia got hosed. By the, like. by, by the college football playoff committee. Both got hosed. I mean, Georgia went from the number one team in the country to the number six team. One team quit, one team didn't. And one team lost by 60 because of it. We'll talk about that in the 9 o'clock hour. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, my, you have? my bad goat was David Tepper. I've switched it up, though, since we talked about it already. It was the Dolphins. Uh, smoked <laughs> by the Ravens, 56-19. They've lost to the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, and Ravens this season. They beat the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, which is their only win against a team above Oof. with above 500 records Oof. since week three of last season. Oof. And I actually like the Dolphins, but the trend I is not too. their friend. I'm nervous for them when the postseason gets here. Oh, I, I, th- I don't think you have to be nervous for them. I think you know what. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I think you know the direction uh, that it's going. Yeah, James Boyd hanging out with us. James, I don't think we even discussed it. Did your uh, did your heart flutter at all on the onside kick against the <laughs> against the Raiders? From where I was sitting, were were you already like down near the field level, or were you up in the press box no, at that so point? No, so I usually stay for the entire game because I have to send off a quick little gamer, and they actually have to win the game for me to file it right but yeah for a split second there i was like oh my goodness what, what, what do, do what ej speed hands? ej speed yeah. what are you doing but 
Rodney Thomas to the rescue. Yeah, and Rodney Thomas, again, a guy who basically been benched the last couple weeks, makes a play uh, that helps uh, seal the win. Raiders fall to the Colts, and it sets up the big one with the Texans. Win and you're in on Saturday. And to talk about things from the Houston standpoint, from the Houston Chronicle, Jonathan Alexander joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Jonathan, good morning. Thanks for waking up with us. How are you, man? I'm good. How are y'all? Man, we are fantastic. Uh, I know uh, on the Houston side, it sets up quite the week as we get ready for this game. And on the Indianapolis side, uh, it does the same as well. Is You know, we kick this around, and I don't think there's too much. Maybe uh, you can think of something off the top of your head. What do we take away, if anything, from the matchup earlier this season? You know, so much was different with this team. You know, these teams, Anthony Richardson started for the Colts. They didn't have Jonathan Taylor at that point. Boy, I sure didn't think that C.J. Stroud was going to be the baller that he's been this season. In the end, the Colts did get the win. Is there anything we can take away from that matchup in Week 2? Yeah, I think the only thing is exactly what you said, that these two teams are completely different, and this game's going to look a lot different. You mentioned the differences on the Colts' side. The Texans have an entirely new offensive line, basically. Only one of the same starter at that same position, Shaq Mason at right guard. Their left tackle will be different. Their left guard will be different. Their center will be different, and their right tackle will be different. So it's going to look a lot different than, like you mentioned, C.J. Stroud. He's... When in week two, the Texans hadn't figured out who they were on offense, and Jesus Stroud had a you know a lot of yards, but they hadn't really got the offense going. Now they have a new running back as well, lead back. Uh, Devin Singletary has taken over those duties. So this team, both the Colts and the Texans, and Demico Ryan's mentioned it, um, they look completely different, and it's going to be a fresh start for both teams. Jonathan, thanks for coming on today. I do want to ask, what would it mean? Because we've talked a lot on our end about what would it mean for the Colts to make the playoffs? What would it mean for the Texans to do the same, considering where we all thought they might have been at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I think few people expected this Texas team to have a winning record. And here we are, um, 17 games into the season. Texans, the worst expense is 9-8. and eight. But the Texans haven't had a winning season since 2019. And that was also the last time they made the playoffs. So the last three years have been terrible football, bad decisions, bad contracts, uh, you name it. And Texans fans went away for some time. They went dormant. They, they showed their displeasure by not showing up to games. And now they're back and the buzz around the city is, is there. And this means a ton. Uh, because, you know, before C.J. Stroud was drafted here, before D'Amico Ryan was hired, you know, uh, there wasn't much of a, a future. There wasn't much of a path forward. So a lot of fans had become dismayed about what was happening on the field. And now that they can see the path with C.J. Stroud moving in the right direction, D'Amico Ryan's, there's a lot more hope in the city. What's part of me that feels a bit robbed is that Anthony Richardson is not healthy for this game. Because it felt like in that week two matchup, okay, we got two of the top rookies. They're going to go at it. Obviously, that didn't work out in that game and then obviously this season. However, Jonathan, when you look at what C.J. Stroud has meant to that city, what can you tell us about how he's maybe changed how it feels down there? Yeah. So before C.J. Stroud arrived, you know, Deshaun Watson, everybody knows what happened with Deshaun Watson. Uh, he ended up being he ended up being traded, but for a couple of years they didn't have a quarterback, and they tried Davis Mills out there for two consecutive years, and nothing to get Davis Mills. He was a third round pick. What do you expect? Um, but uh, they needed a quarterback to lead this team to to take them places, to make the right throws, and and, and CJ he he has done everything right, and not only has he made the right throws and had the arm like you see in Anthony Richardson as well, but. He has that leadership and that belief and that confidence that is unmatched. And, and his teammates follow him. Um, he, he became a leader. He's the youngest player on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he entered the year 21 years old, but he became a leader immediately. Uh, and, and that's because he put the work in. It wasn't just by happenstance. And you don't see that often. He was on pace to have one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history before his concussion injury. Um, so a, a lot of the – the fan base, a lot of the teammates who are here believe in him, and he's leading them in that the right direction. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot of hope, a lot of hope here. 
How is CJ's health? I mean, obviously he's cleared. He's back. He played last week. Didn't have to do too much uh, to the poor Tennessee Titans, who are just a dead team. Those guys are ready to go to the Bahamas. They're ready to go. They're ready to go Jamaica. They're ready to go on the the beach or whatever. Jonathan, he's been killing the Titans the all Titan, morning. Dude, the Titans are yeah. they're just done, man. They're just absolutely done. You can't rely on them. Like I know here and even there, you'd love to say, "Hey, we can win the division." Uh, but I think CJ Beathard in the Jags could maybe beat uh, the Titans. Uh, CJ didn't have to do too much is what I'm trying to get at against Tennessee. Kind of where is he now that the two weeks off with the concussion and then this week not having to shoulder and throw the ball 50 times uh, to win a game? Where is he in his health and everything like that going into this game? Yeah, I think CJ is back to full health. He he started to feel normal after that first drive. You know, in regards to concussion, he passed concussion protocol, so he has no issues with that. And then you had the other ailments he had. He had a shoulder. His shoulder was sore. But after sitting out three weeks or two and a half weeks, you know, he's feeling a lot better. So, you know, he looked great. Um, they got him into a rhythm last week against the Titans, having him throw some quick throws just to get him back. And, and you know, he didn't miss a beat after that. The Titans really did their best to take away the deep shot. So, they was a little frustrated about that. Um, and, and I expect the Colts probably do the same because the Texans are at their best when they're throwing the deep ball. But I, I don't think CJ is – the Texans are going to unleash him as much as possible. There are no limitations on him. He's not affected by the injury moving forward. But they do want to keep him off the ground and, and keep him from potentially suffering another serious injury as well. So they're going to have an emphasis on protecting him. Yeah, I was going to say the Colts have a new single-season record this year with sacks, and they have four guys with at least seven sacks this year. Um, So they've been balling out on the defensive front. But from your perspective, I think one of the things that Houston might be able to exploit is the Colts' secondary, which is still very young. Kenny Moore, his health is up in the air. Um, What has Nico Collins meant to this Texans offense, especially since Tank Dell went down? Yeah, Nico really, since take that has gone down, has really been the only uh, deep threat option, uh, which is why it's critical for him to be healthy. He suffered an injury at the Jets game and missed uh, the next game. And he's since come back and he looks, uh, he looks good enough. But, yeah, he's been huge because those first two years, we saw flashes of potential, but we just weren't really sure coming out of Michigan. But he kept he suffered injuries in his first two years that kept kept him off the field. He also didn't have you know quarterback to throw him those deep passes and an offense that was very limited. And with CJ, him and CJ have developed a great connection, and he's taken a step, a major step forward, taking a lot care of his taking care of his body. Uh, that was one emphasis uh, that he focused on this offseason, and it's paid off. And he's turned into a number one wide receiver. If he could have another season like this, another thousand yard receiving. He's definitely a number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, you he's been critical. And if he's not on, then that's where the Texans could struggle because, like I mentioned, he's their only deep threat option, so they need him. Um, and, and they've gone to him quite often when he's been healthy uh, these last few games. What so, you're yeah, saying that's, is uh... – That's one area the Colts could exploit. So what you're saying is Colts fans just have to like surround the bus and make sure Nico Collins does not get off in time for the game because, I mean, that dude has been balling out this year. Looking at his career numbers, you know, you go from about 400 yards your first two seasons to, like you said, dealing with the injury stuff to now 1,100 yards going into the season finale. So we'll see. Jonathan Alexander yeah. joins us uh, from the Houston Chronicle. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline on this Tuesday. You know, running the football as someone who had Damian Pierce in a couple different fantasy leagues, it hasn't been him. It's been Devin Singletary. How big of a surprise is it that Singletary has become the number one running back? And, you know, as for the running game, what do the Texans need to do in the game on Saturday to complement C.J. Stroud with the running game? Yeah, I would say that it's been a little bit of a surprise because Damian Pierce came in as the number one option for the Texans after the year that he had at a super impressive year. He was a front runner for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He wasn't going to win the award, but he was one of the top three guys before he suffered the injury. Um, but they had, they came in with a new offensive system, new offensive coordinator, uh, a different run scheme, and Damian Pierce hadn't adjusted well. That Devin Singletary had had experience in that offensive system, and he had done well with the Bills. So it was a little bit of a surprise, but not so much because Devin Singletary has so much experience, and he's been able to take advantage of it, and he's had three 100-yard rushing games in the past eight weeks. 
Uh, so it's going to be critical. They they have to get him running the ball, they, uh, Devin Singletary running the ball, um, because when he runs the ball effectively, um, when he runs for over 100 yards, they're 3-0, and and that balances the passing attack out, takes some of the pressure off C.J. Stroud. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be critical for the Texans if they want to beat the Colts. You know, James, I'm looking at it. He's right, 3-0 and when he's over 100 yards. But even go back, you know, Cincinnati and Arizona, the big outputs there, and then against Tennessee a couple weeks ago, even a nice game against the Titans last week was 16 for 80. That's five per. Uh, but you're right, Jonathan. I mean, you, you go back and you look at the Cleveland loss, um, you know, even the Jets. I know it's five yards per carry, just 65 yards. The Jets loss. Definitely Jacksonville, Carolina. You go back and look at some of those games when they're not running the ball. When he hasn't ran the ball very well, uh, they they haven't been. Uh, they they listen. They haven't been the offense. They haven't been as good of a team. If I ask you to pinpoint two or three things that need to happen in the game on Saturday for the Texans to win, what would they be? Uh, I would say they have to take care of the football. Number one, they can't turn the ball over. Um, they've got to get pressure on Garner Minshew. Y'all remember that first game? Texans didn't get pressure, any pressure on Garner Minshew, and, and he gassed them. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two things. And then I think they've got to run the ball for sure. They've got to compliment C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud can't put – I mean, he can put the team on his back, but ideally that's not what you want. You want a balanced attack. So they've got to run the ball, uh, take care of the football, and get pressure on, on, on the quarterback. Jonathan, moving to the defense side of the ball, what has Will Anderson meant for this defense? Obviously, the other top pick, who maybe doesn't get as enough shine or as, as much praise as C.J. Stroud because obviously one's a franchise quarterback, the other guy's a defensive stud. But seeing him kind of mature throughout the season, what could he do to affect this game? Yeah, it's funny. I asked Early in the year, I asked Will how he felt about not really getting as much attention, and he said he loved it. You know, he's kind of flying under the radar being that C.J. Stroud gets most of the attention as a number two pick, and that's rare for a number three guy. But, yeah, I think it's interesting with, with Will Anderson. He hasn't had the stat numbers early on, and a lot of fans, I thought, unfairly criticized him um, uh, because he wasn't getting a lot of sacks. But, you know, that doesn't tell the whole story. Will Anderson is the team captain. Uh, he has a punt block, has a field goal block. He's been impactful on this team in a lot of different ways, and, he had two sacks in, in a limited and only 12 snaps uh, last week. He's on a limited snap count, has a high ankle sprain, he's still dealing with. Um, but when he's on the field, he makes a, a, an enormous impact, and they're, they're going to need him. Um, and I think that uh, if, if, if he, he has the potential definitely to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy, and he's going to impact this game in some way, even if he does is on the field with just a few snaps. Yeah, sacks aren't everything, but I mean, you you look at but the two and twelve snaps. No, no but what I'm yeah, in six in the last six weeks <laughs> and four in the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, That's no, he, he's, he's come on, and we'll, yeah. I mean, that was I remember, you know, going back to to week two. It was like, man, I was like, people already questioning the pick. I mean, it's like week two, uh, <laughs> and I think that's going to be just fine. Jonathan Alexander with us, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, you know, boy, until Stefanski and the whole Joe Flacco thing, perhaps even what Shane Steichen has done here in Indianapolis, Jonathan, uh, D'Amico Ryan's has to be right at the top of the list of of coach of the year, and especially if the Texans were to walk in and into Lucas Oil and went on Saturday. Where has he impressed you this season as a first-year head coach? Yeah, I think just the kind of command and the the reputation he came in with. You know, a lot of people looked at, you know, what he did in San Francisco. And, and so they were inclined to follow him. But then the other fact that one part that's been underrated is the fact that he was a player and he did it at the high level. So, um, you know, a lot of the players on the team, when I talk to them, they talk about, yeah, we saw that he did it at a high level, so that's what made us follow him. Um, and I think what's impressed me most really is D'Amico has, you know, put the credit on the players. It, it hasn't been him. It's been his players. You know, he, he often says you're only as good as, as the players you have. And, 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 you know, they got guys like C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and did have Tank Dell and, and they're having success because of it. And, yeah, I think he's definitely top three in Coach of the Year candidates. Kevin Stefanski, uh, Shane Steichen right now, number two, and, and D'Amico Ryan's number three. Yeah. Of course, this Week 18 game could determine, you know, 
where they are. But, you know, it's, it's definitely impressive where the Texans were. They were, the, in my opinion, the worst team in the league. And even with the Bears, they have no worst record. I thought they were worse. They were had the sixth worst rushing yards allowed in a single season in NFL history. Now they're ranked third. They, they haven't allowed a single 100-yard rusher. I think Zach Moss had the most rushing yards against them all season. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's helped turn this, this team around, you know, big time. Well, Jonathan, we appreciate it, man. Safe, uh, safe travels up here over the weekend. Take care. We'll catch up down the road. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.